Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports? We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. What an eventful, <laughs> an eventful day. Eric Gilbert teases Georgia fans saying that he's not in Athens, physically in Athens. Posts that he's in Decatur, Georgia, right outside Atlanta. Then all of a sudden, he tells Rusty Manziel he's committed to the University of Georgia Bulldogs. After, after he went an entire spring, almost, an entire spring getting re-eligible due to the benefits of LSU football. We will talk on Eric Gilbert. What is my piece? I told you guys for the last three weeks that I felt good that Eric Gilbert could qualify and could play for LSU next season. I also told you, and I had the biggest caveat when I said this, I'm pretty sure we were the first show that talked about Eric Gilbert. I told you, but that can't be set in stone because of the history of Eric Gilbert. We will talk about that out of the gate. Mike Dettelier uh, is going to be joining the show around 720. Got a lot we need to talk about with Mike D., Want to talk some LSU football with him? The pay, the the Manning Passing Academy has all the elite um, quarter, college quarterbacks will be there outside of Spencer Rattler's, the only one I believe that won't be there. Talk to him about some Saints, LSU, all that kind of stuff as our good friend Mike Dettelier joins us at 720. Uh, LSU baseball makes a regional. A little farther than we thought that they would go, but they get to Eugene, and as Coach Palmineri advises today, he will start landing Marceau out the gate in Oregon. We'll talk about that as well before we, uh, just as a long show, we might be in a little elongated tonight. What about that vocabulary work? Elongated. Uh, so we might go a little bit above the 45 minutes to an hour tonight because we do have so much to talk about. But before we get started, guys, as always, we got to get to some of these comments. Uh, Brian Viator says, and we are alive. Let's go. Ryan Gidry says, let's go. Watching from downtown Orlando. I dig it. What you doing in Orlando, my man? What are you doing in Orlando? Um, Brian uh, Penton says, I guess Gilbert can't make his mind up. We'll talk about that out of the gate. We'll talk about that out of the gate. Craig Granger. The one of the best uh, cookers that you guys will ever see, Mr. Craig Granger. Craig, you need to make yourself a Facebook page and show the show the fine people how to cook um, some great Cajun uh, foods. I think he was cooking a raccoon. No, I'm just joking. He wasn't cooking raccoon the other day. But God, does it look good when he makes it? Uh, and Todd says two four seven disrespecting coach again. I'm not. I, I saw that. <laughs> Todd, I saw that. All right, let's pay some bills around this thing, and then we'll get the show started. None better than our good friends over at GM Warner Doing Sons. We thank everybody and Believe Podcast over at Believe Podcast for everything they do for us. Uh, and let's pay some bills, and let's get the show started. None better 
GM Varno and Sons. GM Varno and Sons has faithfully been serving your Denim Springs and Baton Rouge area for over 62 years. With the highly trained technicians, there's absolutely nothing that they can't do. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. Give them a call today at 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. Or go see them over at 2500 Florida Boulevard. And if you're broke down on the side of the road, they will come and pick you up. Again, that's GM, Varnado & Sons, 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. And our good friends over at betonline.ag. Guys, I've been telling you about BetOnline, and now that the sports gambling is going to more than likely be passed in our state, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all your sporting action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, odds, and updates. It's the best way for you to place all your bets, and the best thing is it's free to sign up. Head to their website, betonline.ag. Use your mobile device to sign up and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, it's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. All right, let's get started. Let's get started. Um, Navy MM2 AD42 BB63. I have a good friend, Nick Rizzuto, who's in the Navy. Uh, I'm going to have to tell him. I think he's like a lieutenant, captain, something like that. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm going to have to ask him what all that means because that looks pretty uh, amazing there, Navy. Uh, so we're going to give you the nickname Navy. Uh, but he says, time to move on from Eric Gilbert. Let me start this because I know that – and look, I'm not saying that we kind of broke the story, but you guys remember that follow us and watch us a lot. Uh, three weeks ago to the day, three weeks ago to the day, I told you that I've heard that Eric Gilbert – you know what? I might say we broke it a little. <laughs> but Eric Gilbert looked like he was going to be eligible um, to, since some of the things he did in the spring, uh, that he was more than likely going to be eligible this fall. Now, I told you that I believed that he had six credit hours three weeks ago, uh, or whenever finals was, uh, and that he he's going to pass those classes, and then he's going to be eligible. Um, late, about two weeks ago, late on a Friday night, I got a text from one of my Georgia contacts that said um, that covers Georgia, and he tells me, and he tells me, Blake, listen, uh, Eric Gilbert, I've heard, is on his way back to Georgia. Um, Kirby Smart and them are going to talk to him. Um, and ever since then, it manifested. I was told that his mom and his camp did not like the simple fact that LSU leaked that he had passed his classes. Well, that, with all due respect to his camp. With all due respect to his mom, with all due respect to Eric, bullshit. Don't come with this Rudy Pooh stuff after everything that's transpired. Listen, I know that Eric has had some off-the-field issues. I know that Eric has had some mental health stuff that's going on. That's been pretty much chronicalized. It's been pretty well chronicalized of some mental health things that are going on with Eric. However... I do think at some point there comes a there comes a point where hey man, right is right and wrong is wrong. Um, when you utilize LSU to get yourself eligible and then go play not just not just somewhere else. If he would have gone to Texas, if he would have gone to Kansas, if he would have gone to USC, if he would have gone to UC, well maybe not UCLA because LSU plays him. If he would have gone to Ohio State, wherever he would have gone, huh? You know what, man? You just felt like LSU wasn't for you, but. He goes to a school inside your conference. Now, Georgia fans, because I know that what happens here is Georgia fans are always in my DMs. Not Alabama fans, not Florida fans. We're actually kind of reasonable with one another. We might joke and kid with one another, but Georgia fans have to be some of the most sensitive individuals I've ever met in my life, and it's not close. It is not close whatsoever. Georgia fans, yes, I'm going to rip you when you think that Kirby Smart's a better coach than Ed Orsron after being 0-2 against Ed O. Um, but look, Kirby gets another guy. He gets Eric Gilbert. He misses really badly the first time he gets him. And in a position, a position at tight end that has not been good at Georgia. Hasn't been good. Hasn't been productive. I, I forget the five-star kid's name um, at Georgia now. We'll have to ask Mike D., uh, but he he didn't have a lot of production. So, look, 
I'm glad from and listen, you guys watch this show. You guys know that I'm not I'd never trash a kid when it comes to off the field issues. We'll talk about what happens on the field. That's what happens on the field. We can talk about what happens on the field. Off of it, we're going to stay away from it. I don't think it's right for me to come out here and talk about what goes on off the field. But with this has just been a very unique case. A very unique case. And I've chronicalized this on our Facebook page. I've chronicalized this on our Twitter over the last three weeks. And then Rusty Menzel got it. Shea Dixon got it. Mike Scarborough got it. A lot of people were, were, were watching this. And it looks like he's just going to be going to uh, Georgia. The biggest question I got in reference to uh, Eric Gilbert is how will he be qualified? I don't know that. A lot of people say he's not enrolled at LSU. I'm still digging on that as well, but I think that that's bullshit because how do you how are you taking classes at LSU and you're not enrolled? That's not how this works. That is not how this works. You actually have to be enrolled in school to take classes. Whether it be online, whether whatever it may be, you have to be enrolled. So a lot of people say, well, he's going to be here uh, uh, on June the 12th or June the 11th, whatever it is, when Georgia when the Georgia team uh, uh, comes and they all meet up. Well, with all due respect, how you can't be dual enrolled in the NCAA. That's an NCAA violation. So there could be a scenario where he goes this entire summer without being at, at Georgia or enrolled in Georgia, and he might have to wait until August or when his summer school ends. Now, that might be at the end of June. That might be early July. That part, I'm not sure yet. I don't know the kids' courses. But he's not going to be there right now. And if he does enroll at Georgia, I'm going to have a lot of questions as to what's going on. Um, however, um, good for him. Good for him. Uh, he gets to be closer to home. He get he gets to be closer to mom. But we have to we have to kind of say, even though there might be some mental um, things that are going on with Eric. And let me say this too: um, for the individuals or maybe individual that is going to trash a kid regardless of what he did. Um, I'm, and I'm not talking about, you know, look, I, I'm as frustrated covering this, guys. This has been – this last three weeks, I'm glad it's over with. Guys, I've filled in more phone calls on Eric Gilbert the last three weeks than I know what the hell to do with. I, I'm honestly – <laughs> I'm so excited it's over. And and I it better not be coming back to LSU if he doesn't enroll in Georgia. Please, God, sweet baby Jesus, heaven on water. Please, do not come back to LSU. I'm not covering it. Give it to somebody else because I ain't gonna talk about it. I might say Eric Gilbert's back if he for whatever reason he comes back. I ain't talking about it no more. Fifteen straight days of fielding phone calls on Eric Gilbert. I'm not doing it. It doesn't. De- I, I feel like I, it doesn't deserve anything. I feel like it doesn't deserve anything, but we'll see. Chad Brown says, ask Blake, not a question, but keep up the great work. Thank you, Chad. Um, Craig Granger says, how are you going to live his best life in Georgia? Look, he's lived there his whole life. I don't I, I don't know how he's going to do what he's going to do, but good for him. One thing that one thing that I, would, I, I do want to kind of not hit on the kid about but something that does kind of get me a little upset is you allow – I'm going to get to the comments and then in about five minutes we'll have Mike D on. The one thing that gets me, like the one thing that gets me the most is that their camp allowed this to go on. I know for a fact, like an absolute fact, Eric Gilbert was living with B.J. Ojolari in the state of Louisiana maybe about a month. Maybe a couple weeks ago he was with B.J. Ojolari for a month. Instagram, uh, uh, story time, or whatever it's called, story chat. Um, it's slipping me. I'm not on it. Um, Snapchat. Snapchat, he's on all this stuff with B.J. Ojolari and a couple of LSU players. LSU did their due diligence in getting that kid qualified. Ed Orgeron did everything he could. I am not blaming this on Ed Orgeron whatsoever. The only caveat I will give to Ed Orgeron is he always feels like he's got his guy, and sometimes that doesn't work out. <laughs> that is what it is. But you're going to allow LSU to 
to give you some mental health, to help you get back qualified, and then you go somewhere else, with all due respect, show some pride. Show some damn pride. These people brought you back in. Ed Orgeron and this team allowed you back in. So God bless sweet baby Jesus if LSU plays Georgia and that kid catches the football. I'm not going to say they're going to do something dirty. There's going to be some jawing, and you better get your ass ready because he's not a kid anymore. The kid 19, about to be 20 years old, he's not a kid anymore. We can't treat him like – when you get on that football field, get ready. Understand that. Um, Nookie said – I saw this. I, for, I missed a comment. Nookie said Georgia fans are a special, uh, special breed. That they are, man. That they are. All day long. They were in my DMs on Twitter giving me a new one. One guy said that um, – I'm upset about I don't have titty nipples. It was It's ridiculous. One guy looks like he lives in a trailer park and doesn't have teeth. I, I mean, <laughs> good googly moogly, man. I mean, all up in my DMs, mad. Mad because I said he's not in Athens after he told you I'm not in Athens. Breaking news. Eric Gilbert says he's not in Athens. Doesn't mean he's not going to Georgia. God bless, sweet baby. Oh, they Georgia fans, I, I guarantee you, there's 365, sometimes 366 days out of a year. I guarantee you that I will have at minimum 366 DMs from Georgia fans in a year. It's one a day, even sometimes twice on Sundays. Hunter Fontenot says he just made himself an extra offensive lineman, an offensive lineman that doesn't block at that, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize him. Uh, Robbie Smith says, so Blake, you're not upset that he's leaving, but you're upset that he has the option to go to Georgia. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. Yeah, he does have the option, but you realize he played LSU. LSU is the reason that he's on course of getting back qualified. Guys, without LSU, Eric Gilbert's not even close to being qualified. We have David Waters, who comes on this show, who who uh, covers Florida. His, his credit hours didn't transfer to Gainesville. LSU allowed that kid to come back, got him the, the resources that he needed to qualify, He's got six credit hours that he needs to go. Guys, at some point, he we got to call it a spade a spade. He used LSU. Let's call it what it is. You guys know when you come on this podcast, we don't, we don't hold punches. Shame on that camp. And then now they're upset because LSU leaked that he got good grades in the spring for crying out loud. Guys, I've been all for player empowerment. I've said yes to name, image, and likeness. I've said yes to kids transferring. But some some things you have to take pride in. That's one of them. That is one of them. No, I'm not going to stick up for a kid who did what Eric Gilbert did. Now, does mental health come? Does mental health come into this process? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Ryan Thibodeau says, "How hashtag Ask Blake? How is that not tampering?" Um, because he's technically in the portal. LSU did not have to do what they did. LSU did not have to leave him on scholarship. There's a lot of things that LSU didn't have to do, but they tried to get Eric Gilbert back. They tried to get Eric Gilbert back. There's a lot of things um, <laughs> that they did. Uh, Craig Schilling says face chat. You guys know what I mean. Snapchat, who dat, uh, as we about to call Mike Dettelier. Two more. Uh, and we're going to bring Mike Dettelier on. Thomas Banks says, not showing disrespect to the kid, but I think he's more of a problem than he's worth. Uh, it does seem like that. It does seem like that. So we'll see. Um, PCG, PCG on, on YouTube says, uh, he's been a drain on resources for over a year now. Be gone. It's been, it's been a hard cover. Uh, Chris Barnhill uh, says, hashtag Ask Blake, great job covering this soap opera. You covered it well. It's time to move on and talk to this baseball coaching search, which we will. Um, which we will. Robbie Smith says, I thought you said it would be fine if he was going to Texas or Ohio State. No, I said it might. It would be more understandable from a pride aspect. See, guys, don't put words in my mouth. Don't put words in my mouth. See, Robert Smith. It's the same Robert Smith I think we blocked a while back. 
All right, let's do this. Let's get to a quick break. Mike Dettelier is coming up next. We're going to give him a call. We're going to talk some LSU. We're going to talk some Saints. But none better than our good friend, Mr. John Patton, over at GMFS Mortgage. Guys, are you thinking about buying a new home, saving money on the mortgage that you have now, or even doing a cash-out refi? The timing has literally never been better. With the federal government pushing up some uh, some loan rates, you have to get in touch with John Patton today, saving AYS fans all across the great state hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Get in touch with him today at 225-614-1234. That's 225-614-1234. Purchase, refinance, building, renovate. GMFS, John Patton, they are changing lives. And our good friends, there we go. Our good friends over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, 985 386 7600. 985 386 7600. That's Drake Williams Law Firm.com. Real, uh, real estate, successions, DWIs, they do it all. That's Drake Williams Law Firm.com. All right, let's do this. Let's give Mike D a call. Here we go. There we go. There we go. All right, we have to get Mike D on. We're sorry, you have reached a number that. Uh oh. Uh oh. Did I get the wrong number for Mike D? Did I get the wrong number for Mike D? Hold on, we're gonna get it. We gonna get it. Hold on. I'm getting the number for Mike D right now. Let's see. That's my fault, guys. That is my fault. Let's see. Hold on, we're getting Mike D. Hold on. Let's connect with him. Give us just one second, guys. Hold on one second. One. Here we go. There we go. All right, Mike D up next. Let's see. Let's get a couple of these comments. I, I think so. Hello. Mr. Mike D. Yo. Blake Rafino, my friend, we are live. How are you doing tonight? I'm great, thank you. Mike, I got to ask you, as we're live, we've been talking about some Eric Gilbert. I, we're going to talk some LSU, we're going to talk some Saints, but I got to ask you out the gate. The big news today is Eric Gilbert. Mike, has this been one of the craziest things you've covered in sports? It's one of the craziest things I've covered in recruiting. I'll put it to you that man, listen, that that uh, a few weeks back I, I wrote this that I I didn't think uh, Gilbert would come back. Uh, I, I thought Arik would, would leave. Um and, and it's just been one process after another and listen, he's a unicorn player. I mean, athletically, he's that. Uh, I've never seen anybody at LSU at tight end with that type size, speed, um, length, be able to catch a football the way he could. But you had other issues, and so um, and I and I understand why Ed would have took him back. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he told me, listen, I would take him back in a heartbeat. But uh, again, he's got to want to be all in, and so you know when. I didn't see any indication of that. To me, that led me to believe he wasn't going to return. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, done doing numerous shows. I mean, it's one of the first questions you get: What's going to happen with Ari Gilbert? And my thing is, I don't think he's coming back. I, I'd be shocked if he was, if he would have. And so, um, it was what it was, and you just move on now. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. He he had the cards in his hand, mm-hmm. and so. You know, he's, he had that play card that he could throw down and decides to go to Georgia. And so, Blake, I think what we're looking at today is something that I've never covered or anybody else, and that is SEC players transferring inside the SEC. Mm-hmm. It, it, it has not happened. But, you know, they, they're going to amend that rule, and like the other conferences – in college football, where how big a difference that's going to make in this league. Okay, Alabama needs a linebacker. They go out and get Tennessee's linebacker. You know, um, Mm -hmm. LSU needs needed safety help. 
and you got Major Burns uh, to come back to Louisiana. And, you know, now you got them, you know, even leaving Nickel State, you know, with pig cage leaving uh, to come to LSU on a, uh, uh, you know, scholarship situation, which will be set up for next year. And he was, he's a really good player, too. Uh, I saw him in high school play a lot. Uh, watched him at Nichols, watched every game last year. Man, he came in there and he made an impact. Right. He's not the biggest cat around, but, man, uh, he is a scrappy guy, smart, instinctive, great coming off the edge as a blitzer. And for not being a big safety, I, I was surprised how well he tackled in the open field. And that, and that is something today, it's worth his weight in gold. So um, it's, it's new. We're walking in new grounds today. Uh, with guys being able to go inside the conference, just like we saw TJ transfer to Auburn, and that you know that wasn't the case in the past. You know you weren't you weren't going to be able to do it, but now you know they they're going to amend that rule and um, and what it does for some teams that will go cherry picking. You know, Mike, it's an interesting point that you bring up in reference to kids transferring in the, in the SEC. It's going to be really interesting to see how the SEC mends that because they I know that they don't want that because, Mike, it's going to be tampering a lot too. Uh, but you talked about looking forward and, and moving forward with LSU, so so let's do that. Mike, I don't know how else to say it, and I'm not saying this LSU team's going to the playoff. It's not what I'm saying. But the experience this team has with 30-plus starters or 30-plus guys that have an SEC start or have started against the SEC like guys like Mike Jones – do you think this experience carries this team a long way? And could LSU find themselves in the Alabama week or maybe at the end of the season looking for a playoff spot at the end of the year? My thing, the most critical game is game one. Mm-hmm. LSU is a better football team than UCLA. They are more talented than UCLA. A more physical football team than UCLA. But look what happened to lead to some of the things that happened last year on defense and how quickly all that can be amended because you play in UCLA and Chip Kelly. Okay. Guess what? I know Chip's going to throw it. I mean, he has watched that film. He hasn't been blinded by it and he's going <laughs> to attack. No, he's going to attack that right. area. Right. Um, now I think one of the things and, um, and talking to coach O about this, he, right at the start of the year, you know, he, he had high hopes that, you know, listen, we, we got an eight, nine-man front defensive line-wise that we think we can get a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on the quarterback. And I think that's the big part of today's defenses. This is not watching TV when you were a kid. This ain't your daddy's defense or your grandpa's defense. Uh, you're going to give up yardage. But, you know, you got to stop them from scoring touchdowns and force them to kick a field goal and get turnovers. And that all leads to what you can do up front. And you couldn't be more confused than what you were a year ago in the secondary. I mean, it, it seemingly every play that was a mental uh, gaffe one way or another. So that first game to me is so critical because of how the schedule sets up for you. If you can win there and gain some confidence, not momentum, because momentum lasts until you play the next game and they, they knock in the teeth, right. but confidence in what you're doing. And, okay, you're playing early on now, an uh, Auburn team with a new head coach, a new scheme offensively. Uh, they've... You know, to, to me, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that their best teams are when they could run the ball. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Gus, I, I have no idea what he was doing. Man, he, he got a big stud in the backfield, and that ball ain't heavy. Also, I'd give him that football 25, 28 times a game. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, you got, you're playing Florida, and, okay, no, you, you know, you lose Kyle Trask, who, who was a really good player. And, and Pitts, even though you didn't see him this last year, but you've seen him in the past, a first-round pick wide receiver in Tony, another guy that goes into the NFL. You lost a couple of linemen. 
Uh, defensively, man, they seem confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when you watch tape of them, uh, coaches tape, and watch how out of position they were so many times, almost the entire secondary is gone with the exception of one guy who's really good. And um, can they get a, a pass rush? Man, you could roll this, mm-hmm. you know, with some confidence. Now that Kentucky game is interesting because, listen, they um, they do things a little bit differently there. Mm-hmm. They sort of stick you the middle finger and say, "Hey, listen, <laughs> we're gonna run the ball, and I dare you to stop it. Uh-huh. I dare you to stop it." And, and so it's a physical game when you play Kentucky. Um, they they not a huge threat throwing the football. Haven't been for years. And so I, I see where you're going with this, and you are absolutely right. And uh, I did a show a couple weeks ago with, with Bison, and one of the things we brought up there was the opportunity here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can stay healthy and win that game and gain you some confidence on defense, because I think this whole season is going to be built around how much better can you be on defense. I think offensively you're going to be fine. Uh, you got to run the ball better because I think in, in today's game, it's not about pounding the rock 25, 30 times, but it, you got to run it when you need to and have to. Right. And last year, every game, virtually, you were getting met in the backfield by defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And your offensive line was as soft as cotton. <laughs> so you can say, okay, we're bringing all them guys back. Well, and, you know, they didn't jump out at you as being this real physical unit. And so that, to me, is the key offensively. I think no matter what happens at quarterback, if it's Miles or if it's Max, uh, and I I think a couple of the young receivers, freshmen receivers, will make an impact. Uh, (laughs) That's a position where we have seen in college football a freshman come in and he can play. I think seven-on-seven changed the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pete Jenkins always sort of teases me about this. He said, you know, when you wrote that article five years ago about what you saw at our camps, because we have three major camps here on the bayou, and when they would blow that whistle and they would say, okay, defensive linemen go over here, inside players here, outside players there, man, I ain't never had to worry. Them guys just walk around me. I mean, (laughs) we're just a handful. Right. But when they said receivers go over here, man, I I got out of the way. Because it looked as though, you know, if if we had 400 young men, 150 of them were playing receiver or flex tight end. And that was five years ago. And it's really changed the world on what's happened at LSU, you know, certainly with, you know, with Justin and Jamar and Terrace Marshall. And, you know, you got another budding young superstar in your hands with Keyshawn Butte. Man, you can have a couple of these freshman wideouts make a difference. Uh, I, I really believe that. And uh, I, I'm interested, too, in they want to get the ball to the tight end, okay? Mm-hmm. They have not found the guy that could take Clyde Edwards, uh, Clyde Edward Alaris' place as a receiver coming out of the backfield. Uh, Clyde was great, great route runner. And man, he caught the ball so cleanly. And then when he got him, he got him in open field. <laughs> man, you better grab him quick because you got one <laughs> shot. <laughs> right? Because he's spinning and he's taking off. Uh, none of those guys have stepped up to the plate. So my thing is that there's got to be a tight end here, and uh, we'll see what happens with Cole, who's a huge target guy. You're talking about a six foot six plus tight end. But but Besh at tight end mm-hmm. as a flex tight end, I man. Because you you know you watch him, he's going to be a physical mismatch for some defenders downfield. And now, <coughs> and talking to Coach O about this, he told me he said, Mike, we in base defense probably fifteen to eighteen percent of the plays. Mm-hmm. Everything else is nickel and dime. So, man, if I can spread you out and you got to cover, um, I'm interested in how the young freshman can develop, but Besh. 
because I think he's a weapon, especially red zone short yardage where it's third and six and he gets you to eight yards. Mm-hmm. Mike, you know, something that's interesting, and you talk about these young wide receivers, and I'm going to ask you this because I think it's interesting. When I watch a guy by the name, you know, a guy like Jay Ward, you know, I watched a Florida film uh, a couple weeks ago, and he's running with guys down the field, uh, guys by the name of Kadarius Toney going one-on-one in man coverage, batting down balls, and doing a lot of things. I think he's going to be an explosive player. You talked about some of these young wide receivers, Jack Besh. Is there one player on this team, and we've had a lot of people inside of our chat asking, hashtag ask Mike, so anybody wants to ask, go ahead. Mike, is there one player on this LSU team that you just think is going to emerge? And if so, you know what position group or what, what player do you think is going to be that guy that's going to emerge this year for LSU? I, I think it's Ali Gay uh, mm-hmm. up front. Wow. Uh, now, mm-hmm. we saw flashes of it a year ago. But Blake, you, you walk up to him. And you say, that's what a defensive end supposed to look like. <laughs> right. I mean, man. And, you know, and he's this tall, lengthy guy, and his takeoff is so quick. And, he, and, I, and he's getting better as a technician in his ability to use his arms and his hands. Come on, because in high school or in JUCO, you beating guys with your athleticism, your right. speed. Okay, now you're going to, co- to the major colleges. There are moves and counter moves you have to make to get off of a block. And I think Ali's the guy. That he, he can be special. All I know is um, if there's an NFL scout watching, his eyes are glued to Ali Gay mm-hmm. because he – man. In this league and, you know, in college football and the pros, pass rushers are gold, absolute gold. The other guy certainly up front, and, and, and I laugh about it, cause, and he laughs about it too, is Mason Smith. Uh, right. Mason's a guy that, um, I'll tell you the whole story. Three years ago, he was a, coming in as a sophomore. And uh, there's a lady lawyer in Homa that I, I know really well, and her son uh, had played Terrebonne early. And she tells me, hey, listen, there's a guy at Terrebonne, a really big guy. His last name is Mason. <clears throat> and, you know, it, it didn't ring a bell to me. You know, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I go to a Terrebonne game, and, you know, I go, I go talk to Gary. And I tell him, you know, you, you got a defensive lineman here, big defensive lineman. Uh, uh, his last name's Mason. And he looks at me and said, oh, no. He said his first name's Mason. And um, if you old enough, you would get this. That was a TV show years back. Marlo Thomas played that girl. Mm-hmm. And he pointed and he said, he's that guy. And I say, you got to be kidding me. He's, he, he said he, I, he's not even 15 years old yet. <laughs> I took a look and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, whoa. So, you know, I walked up to him and, and you know, he's, he's like Clark Kent. He was wearing the glasses and, <laughs> uh, and you know, he, yeah. he, he stuck his hand out and man, you know, and I could tell, man, he had some, he had some mitts on him and uh, he said, man, I, you know, I listen to you all the time. I read about it, man. He, you know, and so he was, you know, you know, great, and, and I watched him in the game. His pass rush skills caught me right off the bat. And I'd ask him, how many scholarships do you have? And he said, ah, he said probably five or six. Uh, I said, okay. Now, he played that game, and I think it was the following week, um, I called Coach O, and I said, listen, they got a guy here at Terrible, and he said, yeah, don't worry about it. Mason Smith. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, but next time I see Mason, he, he don't have five or six scholarships. He's got twenty-five or twenty-six scholarships. Uh-huh. Uh You know, because I wrote the article and I was like, "Wow!" And you know, I was getting phone calls from people and some of the different uh, talent deals about. You know, I've never heard of this guy before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how how good it really is. I was like, man. All I know, one thing, they ain't got a lot of guys I've seen here on the Bayou that can run like him for a big man. Mm-hmm. And we've seen film, and we, we went there and, and filmed him at Camp Mula, and uh, Ernest Harvey has his place there. And uh, he's not the best big man football player I've ever seen on the Bayou. Uh, that goes to Eric Andelsek. 
Right. And Eric was a monster player on both sides of the football. Uh, but, man, Mason, his ability to comprehend what's being thrown at him and use it. But, man, he's going to make an impact, I think, pretty quickly as an interior pass rusher, which, you know, I work with five former NFL quarterbacks weekly, and they all tell you the same thing. I hate it. You know, I, I don't want nobody in my face mm-hmm. because you can't step up in the pocket and get in the launch pad if you got a guy right there. Right. you got to either move left or right, or you got to move backwards. And um, I'm interested in McLaughlin at corner mm-hmm. because that – is a position where if everybody's healthy, uh, you know, Stingley, Eli Ricks, uh, looks as though Cardell would be the nickel guy. But you need four. And he had a terrific spring. He sure did. If anybody watched the spring game, he was like in somebody's hip pocket every play. And he has really been, he's built like, you know, if you say prototype LSU corner, he's it. Right. And so those three guys, uh, Ali as a senior, Mason certainly uh, as a freshman, and McLaughlin uh, as a sophomore. Uh, man, I'm interested in that. The, the one area that I'm probably most interested in is how well your linebackers can cover. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's an area that's so difficult today. It's the hardest position to find uh, to have a linebacker because you're stuck, okay, with these RPOs. And, um, you know, you can stick that ball in the belly of a running back. So your first instinct as a linebacker is it's a running play. So I'm headed up the field. You know what happens? He pulls that, that ball out and throws the ball right over the top of you. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's third and, and seven. Okay, we're we going to play coverage. Okay, so you all spread out. You're in dime coverage. The linebacker's there. You, your instinct is, okay, they're going to throw it. You're putting it in reverse. You know what they do? They hand it off to a big damn running back, and they run the football. Right. He gets through that first wave. He's got free. Mm-hmm. Just because, and he, now he's up against a 190-pound corner. A 210-pound uh, linebacker. How well Jones can play. Mm. Now, because he's been used mostly in that nickel position as a cover guy. Mm-hmm. Can Damone Clark turn potential into production? Micah Baskerville, I thought, played really well late last year. Right. I thought he, he, he was the best of the linebackers. I thought he played better than Jabril late. Uh, and, you know, he had some great issues he's got to get. So how that all sort of meshes together, because we're seeing this new breed of linebacker, of part safety, part linebacker, and you got to cover. Because you know what? You run out of downs if you can only play to run. Right. You play first down, get off the field. Hey, you got to get off. You know, uh, it's that old Matt Millen line. Hey, I, you know, I didn't retire. I ran out of downs. <laughs> you know, like he said, when I first got in the league, I was playing three downs, and it got down to two downs, and I was one down, and then, like you said, I just ran out of downs. And so, but that's the world we living in, Blake. And, and so, I, I think, again, we're we going right back to the crux of the matter here. Mm-hmm. It's how much better can this defense be can they understand and grasp things quickly uh, in, in what's going on? And, you know, and, uh, you know I've, known, I've known Durante now a long time. Uh, we go back to when he was at Nickel State, uh, when he was an assistant assistant. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and he's bounced around. So he's picked up a lot of different things along the way. And so, man, that first game to me is huge. Because if you come out of there and you've played well defensively, you win that game, you could spring this into a lot of wins uh, because of confidence. Mm-hmm, right. and, and you're going to get good play out of, out of your quarterback position. Can you run the football is, is going to be the big thing. Because I do think offensively, if there's a question mark is, 
you've got to be a more physical team running the ball and give your backs an opportunity. And I don't believe in this running back by committee stuff. I, you know, I've, I've made my point about that. I think you've got to have, you gotta have multiple backs, but I think you've got to have one bell cow guy. Mm-hmm. You've got to have one guy that you hang your hat on as a runner. Uh, and, you know, it's, um, it worked with, with Clyde, didn't it? Man, it, it worked great. Uh, so my thing about it is you got to find that back, uh, and, and, and say, Hey, listen, you, my guy, and you carrying the load and we're going to give you a break now and then, but you, the guy that I'm counting on, uh, to make this work offensively. Mike, very quickly, you know, it's funny. We had a, a, a former LSU O-lineman on. He, he, the AYS people are going to know who it's coming from, but I'm not going to mention his name. He said when Clyde wasn't in the game in 19, he grabbed one – Joe Burrow grabbed one of those freshman backs, throw him on the sideline, says, go tell Clyde he needs to cut his ass back in here. Just because well, listen, of- I believe that. <laughs> uh, <yeah. coughs> listen, Blake, here's the craziest thing. Early in the season, <coughs> doing a lot of talk show – radio and and even television uh, people why aren't they playing the two freshman backs more right um now after about the third game those calls stopped and i couldn't find those people today with gps <laughs> none of them, right none of them want to admit that they were bitching that okay we need to see the freshman no the best guy was Clyde and he showed it weekly Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that, and Joe Burrow told me this, that really uh, I had great confidence in Clyde in, he could pick up that interior blitz. Right. Texas, look, Texas was you know, the biggest He one. said at the last minute, he said, all of a sudden, you saw that little guy get in there, and he said, listen, the, the block was almost like if you like got a wheelbarrow and flipped the guy. <laughs> he was sort of <laughs> flipping that guy over. But he said, listen, you know, he gave me time to throw. And, um, you know, in talking to even Deuce McAllister about this, Deuce was like, man, Mike, that's the biggest thing. These guys got to, you know, uh, you know how to run the ball. And he said, most guys can catch the ball pretty well coming out of the backfield. But he said, not, you know, if you're a star back in high school, how many times you you blocking? Mm-hmm. Very few. Right. You know, you're not, you're not doing a lot of that. So that's new to you. And it's not that you can't do it. It's you got to understand who you got to catch. So it's a mental thing, too. <laughs> so I understand why Joe was saying, hey, listen, Clyde, you better get back on that field. Oh, it was, Mike, it was the funniest thing ever. It just hearing him talk off. Uh, Mike, a couple more questions for you. I greatly appreciate you joining the show. Mike, the TA.com, SaintsReport.com. I want to move very quickly to uh, the, the – I want to get into some Saints. We'll have to bring you back on. Uh, uh, to talk that, but I saw something today about the man, uh, the Manning Passing Academy. All the great quarterbacks that are coming in, Miles Brennan and Max Johnson's on that list. Mike, is this the most anticipated quarterback uh, competition? And I know that we've had Rohan and, and Booty in there from a, a while ago, but this is this not one of the biggest quarterback competitions that LSU, maybe the nation, has right now that we've that we've seen in a long time. It's been a long time, really has. And, uh, you know, Archie and I talked about this a couple of weeks back. Uh, we had an event to the honor Frank Monica, who's retiring from St. Charles Catholic. God bless him. One <laughs> of the great guys in this business and just an unbelievable coach. And Frank and I have known one another for over 40 years. So um, Archie was telling me, he said, um, Mike, I'm doing something I've never done before. And I said, what's that? He said, I got two quarterbacks from the same school. Mm-hmm. And he gave me that look, and I said, you don't have to go no farther. He said, I talked to Coach O, and I told him, I said, Coach, you know, who do you want to send? He said, I want both of them there. Mm-hmm. It has never happened. Wow. Never happened in the 25 years of Manning. Uh, now, uh, well, Narcisse came in a few years back and just threw him the Thursday and left. Uh, in 2019, Joe was there, and that's when, you know, he shocked the world, saying, "I'm telling all of y'all right. that can hear me, all of y'all, we're gonna we're gonna average 40 points a game scoring." Mm-hmm. And that was this audible gasp of, uh, <laughs> "Where are you transferring to now?" <laughs> you know, and uh, <laughs> you know, and so when he walks out, and I, and I see him, 
uh, he he had told me, he said, listen, he said, uh, this afternoon, um, he said, y'all, y'all doing a show here? I said, yeah. I said, well, uh, we'll be doing a WWL radio here. And he's like, um, you know who's coming this evening and throw? I said, no. He said, Miles Brennan. Uh-huh. And Miles threw right in front of us. And he and he was there. Coach O had, had talked to uh, had Archie and, and talked to him about uh, having Miles come there, talk to Eli and Peyton, and, you know, just sort of go through things and, and what a young quarterback goes through. But he was only there for one session and out. This is the first time in the 25 years of Manning there are two quarterbacks – same school. So that tells me a lot right there. Archie would never really want to do that because, um, okay, it kind of puts both of them, you know, in an awkward position mm-hmm. uh, because media is going to be there to question them about competition and everything else. And, you know, they hear about it every chance they get. But now you're on a really big stage here uh, to do that. And so, um, yeah, it's a huge competition between the two. Um, and so it's interesting battle. And I think if Miles is healthy, I think he is leading by a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, Blake, it's close. <laughs> Man, I, Max is, you know, if Miles turns around, he can feel that breath right. <laughs> of, of, of Max right there. And so it, it's going to be interesting how you handle that. I know Ed went through this before he was not the head coach, but at USC, that was quite a battle between Matt Leinart and Matt Castle one year. Right. Mm-hmm. And that ended up being the game they played at Auburn. And, um, you know, they tanned Auburn's backside but good that day. <laughs> um, and and Leinart became Leinart, you know, uh, just an unbelievable college quarterback. But that was a real tight competition, and Pete let Gad get to the bitter days. I mean, right, I'm not sure it wasn't the Wednesday or the Thursday before the Saturday game Mm -hmm. that he made the decision to go with Liner. And and it was that close. And, um, you know, Liner, you know, once he got in the game, then you saw he was the guy. Nothing against Matt Castle. He went on to play in the NFL a number of years, but um, you know, it's still it's quite a battle. We have not seen that before, and, you know. And I got LSU fans, you know, and God, uh, you know, just because you know I grew up with <laughs> with the head coach, they're, they're, you know, their deal is, man, you know, well, man, this is going to cause a lot of controversy. I was like, wait, wait, wait. For years, you were complaining <laughs> that we didn't have enough quarterback and talent. Now you complaining that you got too much. <laughs> uh, right. So I would tell him the, the line Hank Stram, Hank worked for us at WWL for, for a while. He took Mike Ditka's place at the, in the casino shows, and uh, he'd always call me by. He said, Bye, let me tell you something. I never worried about not having enough talent. I'm all, man, you know, I, I, when I got talent, I'm happy. You <laughs> say, you know when I'm upset? When I don't have it. Right. And, right. and, and so, man <laughs> – is that the biggest – and it's going to be a huge story because of how the season ended with Max and how it ended with Miles. But wouldn't you rather have that competition than not have one? I certainly would. And, Mike, inquisiting very big minds, you know, I mean, it's just, it might just be me, but when you say that, Okay, and I'm not I'm not trying to get <laughs> I don't know where this is going to go, but I'm just going to throw this out here and get your thought on this. Arch, Archie and Ed obviously have a seriously good connection. Do you think because of that connection, you know, he has a grandson named Arch, you know, you start throwing in that connection between the two and how they how they've done these things in the past. This is the first time they're doing it. Do you think that this is something that we should keep our eyes on? with Arch moving forward as a recruit now that he's saying, hey, Ed, do you want both? And, and he and he lets him come in. Do you think that that's something interesting in the development on what could happen with Arch? I think it's a long shot at best <laughs> that Arch Manning go with LSU. Okay. Well, you know, I'm, look. I'm just, te- I'm just telling right. you. Um, I, listen, you got to say the right things and to the right reporters, okay? <laughs> But it, there's some dynamics here that, 
it would be shocking to me if Arch end up at LSU. Now, again, his teammates are going there, and God bless them. Uh, you know, Bo Bordelon, uh, you know, I know his, his dad, Ben, very, very well. His uncle, Boise. Uh, my dad worked for Bollinger Shipyard as a CPA for almost 42 years. Mm-hmm. It was like 41 and a half years. So I, I know the Bollingers and the Borderlands. And I tell you what, he got a little brother, Brett. <laughs> Man, Blake, uh, he might be the better of the two. <laughs> That's what I keep hearing, no, Mike. No, no. no he, let me tell you, uh, Bo is a guy. Bo plays tackle, but I think he's going to play inside. He's going to be a center. In college football, but Brett is is a little bit wider, a little bit bigger, and I think that's going to be interesting because we're having the Louisiana line camp here uh, at the end of the month, and Brett is going to be one of the guys participating at the Louisiana line camp. And guess who's his tag team partner? Tell me, Hyde Manning, uh-huh. the younger brother of, of Arch. Arch, right? And so um, when we got the, the papers in, it was like, okay, this is interesting. And so I got to talk to Archie <laughs> about it. And he, he's like, Mike, uh, man, uh, you know, because, you know, I know Arch, Arch a little bit, but, you know, Hyde was a little bit younger. He said, he's a lot like Cooper. He said, man, he's got the gift of gab. And he said, I don't know how much bigger he's going to be, but he said, I finally got me a lineman. <laughs> and so uh, that's going to be interesting. Now, he's just going to be a freshman, and he's, a, he's going to be a backup center. But you know that there's going to be a picture somewhere of Manning snapping the ball to Manning. Absolutely. And so both, both those guys <coughs> excuse me, are going to be here at Louisiana Line Camp. And, um, man, it's, uh, just, you know, it, it's just one of those deals where I, I think that it would be surprising to me if Arch ended up at LSU, uh, he's got a ton of suitors uh, from across the country. Um, if you ask me who was a front runner, I would, I'm going to say, and I've said this now for over a year, I think it's Clemson. Mm-hmm. I think when you look back at the history of Dabo at Clemson and Taj Boyd, Deshaun Watson, Trevor, you know, DJ you know, being the first overall pick. Right. And now DJ. Right. Okay. And so Jeez. you got that double and Archie have known each other for years. That's a close connection there. Um, it's still a, basically a Southern team. Um, I think Texas has put a, uh, a, a lot of heat because of Sark and, and for what he's done in, in developing quarterbacks, not only at Alabama, but you look back at what he did with Jake Locker at Washington, what he did at USC, he, you know, and before he had some, some personal issues, man, he, he's a great quarterback mentor, really, really right. was. And, uh, and Notre Dame now, um, and talking to Archie, man, they've really, they've really turned it up. So, you know, he's going to be a national recruit. But to answer your question, I would be surprised uh, if he ended up at LSU. Now, it's quite a consolation prize. The number two guy, and that's Eli from Zachary. Mm-hmm. Holstein, right? Man, man, is is he is he impressive? And he's he's a big young man too, and he's got a rifle. It, but his delivery, you know, I was telling this to somebody today. Uh, I was talking to Julie Boudouin about this, and I was like, you know, if I close my eyes and and you know, I didn't see Burt Jones as a high school player. But I saw him at LSU. That delivery and all is a lot like Bert. And he's bigger today than Bert was. Right. And right. so, man, you know, and you think about 2023, I think you could have six to seven Division One quarterbacks from the state of Louisiana. That's unreal. That's just It's unreal. never happened. never happened before. And so um, it'll be interesting to see how LSU sort of juggles this in recruiting because you're going to be uh, – Jimbo Fisher told me this um, last year. He said, Mike, you know what's going to happen? A lot was, was happening at LSU today. You're going to have a, a veteran quarterback and the two backups are going to be freshmen. And he said, so it changes your recruiting because that guy you think's coming in as a sophomore and he sees he's, he's got 
two freshmen behind him, his deal is, hey, uh, guys, it's been fun. I'm out. And so he said, listen, uh, what happened at LSU last year, I think is going to be more of the norm than what a lot of people would want to think. You're not going to have a Mac Jones situation, right. okay, that, that sort of waited around and then he got his chance. I think that that is going to change how you think about recruiting short-term and long-term because what happens if you – uh, let's say Miles leaves after this year and, and turns pro, okay, and you would have Max. Oh, who's your backup? Okay, Garrett. Right. And you got Jamie Howard coming in. But, you know, one thing with quarterbacks, they know the guy behind them. If he's pretty good, uh, man, I might be better off somewhere else. So, Blake, I'm just telling you, I think that is going to change some mindsets and you're going to have to be open to maybe keeping that scholarship open to grab you a transfer or recruit two quarterbacks every year. Mike, you know, I could sit here and talk to you for days about it, but I think I think that you're right. I mean, and thank God we got Edwards trying to recruit it, you know, because he's had success uh, in doing this. But I think it's going to be very interesting. Uh, Mike D, you've been fantastic. I promise you next time you're on, we'll, we'll talk some Saints. But it's been a while since we talked to you, and, and I know you're going to have a long summer. Uh, tell all the great people where they can find you. I know where they can, but tell them again where they can find all your great stuff. Uh, you can – best thing, go on MikeDetelier.com. I'm on the uh, uh, Saints News Network and, and write for them along with uh, uh, SaintsReport.com. But uh, got a lot of – LSU stuff because listen, we all tie, we all kind of connect the dots, you know. Today, <laughs> if it's right. high school football, college pros, it's all connect the dots, and so uh, that's the best way to reach. And listen, I'll tell you a quick story about Ed. Go ahead. He in speeches today when you know when he uh, we haven't had a lot, but he'll end it today, and he said, "Man, you know, I, I thank God every time I pull into that driveway, the head coach at LSU, <laughs> I thank him, man, for giving me this day, man, to come in here." And to be the head coach of LSU. And he said, uh, you know, he said, I'm like you, Mike. He said, man, I got that radio turned up, man. I'm listening to the radio. He said, I turned that radio down. I stopped the car. I stopped my truck. And he said, before I get out, I said, oh, God, one more thing. You got another Joe Burrow. Send him to LSU. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be the prayer, right? Like we're we're calling on Saint Mary on that one, right, Mike? Like there, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, and <laughs> Joe changed the world, brother. Changed the world. Folks. Absolutely, Mike D. Thank you as always, my friend. You have a good thank night. You, we'll Appreciate talk soon. It. That is Mike Detillier. Always just a gr- so great in what he does, guys. I am sorry we did not get to some Saints talk. <laughs> Uh, we will get that uh, with Mike before the season for sure. We'll talk to him about a lot of Saints stuff. Just a lot of LSU stuff we needed to cover uh, as well. Um, let's do this. Um, guys, get over to my good friend, Mr. Richie Roche, over at Roche's Lawn and Landscape, 225-937-7220. That's 225-937-7220. If you want the best-looking yard in your neighborhood, give him a call today. Again, that's 985-937-7220. Tell him your good friend, Mr. Blake Rafino at AYS. Since you on by. I know that we'll have a lot to talk about. We'll talk a lot of LSU baseball tomorrow. Uh, I want to say this very quickly uh, before we end the show. I- I'm glad LSU got in a regional. It was very interesting to me uh, that LSU, um, you know, a lot of people are bitching and complaining and moaning in reference to LSU not being one of the four teams on the bubble. Come on, man. I mean, they have the fourth strength of schedule. Their RPI is in the top 30. I mean, what else did you expect? So, I and look, I don't know if a lot of people said the pulmonary uh, announcement of retirement gave them a good regional. But, guys, I'm going to tell you this right now. Oregon's not a short trip. It's not a short flight. If you've gone to L.A., if anybody in here has flown to L.A. or to the West Coast, it's not a short flight at all. The time change, jet lag, can really be an issue, and that's why they're leaving out tomorrow morning. Um, I think they're leaving. I think uh, Paul Maneri said around 8 or 9, but they're leaving out early tomorrow morning. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Now this team has been very inconsistent. Again, we're gonna talk about a lot tomorrow. Very, very, very inconsistent. I see the comment. Um, I'll get to that in just a second. But I think that LSU has a good chance that they can go out there and win the first game against Gonzaga. They can go out there and they can beat Oregon. It's a great it's a great regional to be in. Would be very interesting to see LSU then, who is paired with the Tennessee regional, for them to go to Tennessee after Paul Maneri had some very choice words for Tony Vitello and and Tennessee uh, after that after that series that LSU had in Knoxville. Uh, I don't mind that they're start, he's starting Lenny Mar, Lennon Marceau in the game one. That doesn't bother me at all. Uh, and I, I think you give the ball to Mikael Hilliard in game two, and I don't think I don't think you look back at it. Um, so again, a lot of baseball talk tomorrow. Uh, I saw this comment. Uh, Chris says, uh, "Ask Mike about what he thinks about Arch Manning." We did. He said that he feels like he ends up in Clemson. Um, I'm not going to disagree with Mike there, um, but we'll see. All right, guys, we went above the hour. We usually stay around an hour. Uh, let's do this. We'll we'll be back tomorrow. We have another a big another big time guest that's going to be joining us tomorrow. Is we're going to be again be talking some LSU baseball talk. Uh, Kaylee Hartong is going to be joining us. Uh, at 7.20, uh, the ABC News correspondent, ESPN, stuff like that. She covered Paul Maneri. She loves Paul Maneri. We're going to be uh, uh, hooking up with Carly Hartong tomorrow around 7.20. But until then, guys, we will see you all we'll tomorrow. Be safe with that weather. Have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.